2: Hello, hello, welcome to Mavs Moneyball Live. I don't have a cute name for this because I am tired and haven't done this in some time. I'm a little off my rhythm. How's everyone doing? I'm Kirk Henderson, editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyball.com, and you are joining me live, for those of you in the room, those of you listening to my podcast, getting together on Wednesday nights it's about 10.30. I finished playing basketball, and for the second time in two weeks, don't feel like dying. Shout out to my guy, Pete for inviting me to a run where, uh, I hit a whole bunch of threes. I see why people shoot threes now. It feels really good. And, um, yeah, I I'd never really shot threes and pick up basketball. So it's just kind of a, I, I tend to like running back and forth do do a lot of, uh, Dwight powling, if you will, like running around without purpose and, and things like that. Um, To to answer one of the questions in the chat, did something happen? No, I just haven't done anything in about two weeks. Um, After sort of relentless shitposting for the better part of four months, five months, six months, whatever it was, I I took like a week off by accident. Um, And then I'm going on vacation later next week. So I wanted to talk to some people uh, and and figure out um, just see what the pulse is. I've sort of avoided... Mad social media uh, lately I haven't tweeted very much out in those mean streets. people are arguing over ridiculous shit and it uh, you know sometimes it's more fun to to talk it out um and and I thought you know maybe let's let's get together and and hash some of these issues out before we all start to stab one another over social media. So, you know, no real ground rules, nothing I really wanted to talk about. You know, we got some stuff up on Mavs Moneyball. Our guy, um, Ben Zadel, has been writing posts about the, like, best Mavs of the last um, two decades. He did the two- 2010s, and then he did the 2000s. And both those posts were really fun, but, like, kind of at the moment, we're really just sort of standing pat and waiting around to see what else happens in Mavs' world uh and let's let's see what's going on so we got some requests and i'm going to bring folks up one at a time you know the drill uh be sure to see that your name is uh, lighting up with the green circle around it that way we can hear your audio listen for your name as i call you and then we'll we'll hang out for a bit and uh, see what people got krishna what's up my guy
3: hey kirk how are you
2: I am okay. I am okay. Going to be uh, going to be stretching and icing for a little bit. So I thought I would you know do a little multitasking. What's going on with you tonight?
3: I'm doing good. You know, I was thinking off the top of my head about Josh Green because I was on the 77 Spaces. And I- I'm more of the, if you know Rolo, I'm more of the Rolo camp where I have been far more, I-, I don't know what the word is, far more patient, I feel like, with Josh Green. And sure. I think the reasoning for me is he came into the league, he was 19. And yeah. he was, he's like, I think the best way you say it is raw. Like, he has mm-hmm. clear strength, strengths, but he definitely needed more improvement. Like, I think if he what, was, what are
2: some of those strengths? Tell me what you think. I'm curious.
3: I think he's a really confident passer. Like, he'll make passes that I don't, other than Luca, like, I think the exception is always Luca on this team. But sure. I think he's going to make passes that I don't think anyone on this team really will. Like I don't think even Spencer will make passes that Josh He
2: does he does do some like
3: no sometimes it's bad. I do think like decision making
2: he tries. He definitely does try things.
3: He does try that's and true. I think sometimes when he pulls it off it looks incredible. Like obviously that's like he has to pull it off. I think that's one thing and he's obviously built. Like he's a he's really tall. He has a solid wingspan. I think those are two really good things that in some ways he's young and the Mavericks just don't have a lot of youth and you kind of need young players on teams. Like whether you're really good or not, you kind of need young players. Um, if anyone proves that, I think it's the warriors like having two guys, three guys really in Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga and James Wiseman, like whether one of them makes it or all three of them make it having three really young guys on the team that constitutes a lot of experience is, is kind of important. And that's what it has going for him. But I also think coming into his rookie year, like the COVID season was always going to be difficult for anyone. Sure. And, you know, I think often the comparisons to Desmond Bain and Sadiq Bay, are, I don't want to say unfair because they're not, both they're really great players and Josh is just not at that level yet. But Desmond Bain came into the league at 22, is three years older than him. And Sadiq Bey is a completely different player from Josh Green. Like Sadiq Bey's strengths have always been shooting and he's a bigger player. So, right, so he's, not it's, he's, he's, he's not a wing. He's not a wing. He, he's
2: like a four. Yeah. Yeah. He's
3: like, four. he's like a four. He's like a bigger version of Dorian almost, I would say like physically he's just bigger. So I think it's, I don't want to say it's unfair because it's not, but I think sometimes it's much maligned. Like the, it, it gets into vitriol more than just, It does.
2: It does, and I—I don't want to say I'm responsible for that, but I definitely partake in it. And the the primary reason is that Josh Green may never be ready on the timeline the Mavericks need him to be. Now, if—if there's a path for Josh Green, it starts first and foremost with the other Mavericks not shitting the bed to start the year. The Mavericks have gotten off to two straight bad starts, you know, and honestly, a lot of that falls on Luca. And so the path to Josh green actually getting better is Josh green playing minutes. And I don't mean like 12 minutes. I mean like 20 minutes. And I don't mean like 55 games. I mean like 75 games, the path for Josh green relies in actually playing meaningful basketball. And, you know, he did play some games last year, but like, I don't care that he did anything against the Rockets. They were trying to lose basketball games. The Utah game where he played real well and shot lights out. Great. Love it. But Mm -hmm. if in order to to get something out of Josh Green, they can't treat him like Dorian Finney-Smith. I agree with you on the passing. But if they're going to utilize him, let's let him handle the ball a little bit. Not just stand in the corner, catching, uh, you know, and and making one-dribble moves. He's not that guy. So I am still very... Iffy on green like that, the, I love how kind of self-aware he is. Like his question and answer with Callie Kaplan of the Dallas morning news is outstanding. Like he, he made a joke about how he was like destroying <laughs> campers and like, that was a really good improvement. <laughs> like I, know, I, was, I love that. that was I love so that funny. sort of stuff, but the Mavericks got to commit to giving him minutes. And as Linda notes in the chat, he's like, he's really got to deserve those minutes. So uh, if, if you're still high on him, I get it. I am going to I, – I would love to you know eat that. some crow on Josh
3: Green. No, I totally understand what you're saying. I mean it like – because I say it specifically because in that space, someone came out and, like, I feel like another person came out and said, Josh does not deserve to be on the team. You should be in China. And I think about it when I say, <laughs> like, that's got – like, I, you can have your opinions, but that's, like, a step too far because I think about it like this. If Josh Green was somehow cut from the Mavericks, which that's not going to happen – If he was cut and he went on a team like the Warriors, I feel like he would become a better contributor to the Warriors team and then all the Mavericks fandom would just be up in arms that how is Josh not on this team? Like, I think he has enough talent that he could be a contributor. Now, is that this season or next season? I have no idea. But he has clearly enough talent that he can be a contributor that I don't think it's enough where you say he's completely useless. And also players' timeline for development – is different, like, and I think it's hard to compare him to Dorian. Who Dorian came in at 22, and arguably had a was way better at deep. Not arguably, he was much better at defense, and sure. he's now become elite on that end. Well, but his
2: shit, like Dor- mm. it's hard to describe how busted Dorian's shot was.
3: Oh, and 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 that's the thing. It's taken like six years at this yeah. point.
2: Well, like, it, six by, six years, by his third six. year, by his third year, which I think was 20. It was Luca's rookie season. I think was his third year. 2016. Um. 20- he he hit he hit five hundred threes, I think. Eh, was, I don't know, I could be getting the numbers wrong. He took and, t- he took a ton of threes relative to what Josh Green has taken through two years. And yeah. that's the difficult part, because if like if Josh Green is gonna play minutes, he has to do something statistically. He can't just be out here running around.
3: No, I agree. I don't think it's just like, hey, just give Josh Green 20 minutes and let him what sure. he wants. Like I agree. But I also think it's like he has to get those minutes. He has to earn those minutes. And I think he's become like, there was a part they mentioned, Callie Kaplan mentioned was he went, he was talking with Nico and he talked with the coaching staff, like before this off season about like what he needs to improve on. And like you mentioned, he has a clear self-awareness. Like I think a lot of young players sometimes don't have that. And I think him having that is a good thing overall.
2: Uh, See, I'm, I'm not so sure. There, because Jaden, here's my counter. Jaden Hardy went out in Summer League and looked like he deserved to be on the court. He was willing to take shots. He was willing to make mistakes. Josh Green, whether it's Rick Carlisle's fault, and it very well could be, folks, I don't know. Josh Green has an oh shit look on his face a lot of the time when he's playing ball. And you can't have
3: that. I also kind of, I kind of mentioned that in 77 spaces, because I feel like he didn't have Summer League, right, entering his rookie year. And I think he just barely played at all rookie year. And last year kind of was his rookie year. And the the main takeaway I always had is it's not like he has no talent or he can't do anything. He clearly has some ability, but he just lacks like a confidence in himself. And whether that was because the coaching staffs before or even now don't give him confidence or he himself has no confidence in himself, the one thing I want to see from him alongside of obviously production, like the most important thing, is having confidence, like being on the court. And even when you make a mistake, feeling like, okay, I can recover and be better instead. That,
2: that's why I think like the rest of the Mavericks have to not play bad in the first 20 games. Because <laughs> it's like yeah, they were digging sure. themselves out of a hole. They had covid like there's a pretty strong argument that I can get behind that. Like even Josh Green's second year was one where he didn't get enough opportunity for a variety of reasons because they're taking themselves out of the hole.
3: I mean, even at the beginning of the year, we saw like Reggie Bullock like barely played games. Like so, if, Bullock if Reggie Bullock. Was, like
2: Bullock's a whole other weird thing. Um, if you ever look at your <laughs> shooting splits by month. The the first, like, so the in the 2021 portion of the season, it's so like the first half of every year. Going back, like, for as long as he's been in the league, he is ice cold. And then the <laughs> calendar turns over to the new year, and it really didn't happen until February for this. Line. The man shot lights out, like, from February on. It. it was awesome. But it was really frustrating at first. Like, we are all, like, wanting to send Reggie to the <laughs> moon.
3: I think it's that's why it's always, like, uh, I don't want to say you're like this, but I think oh, oftentimes I'm absolutely like this. Have have... I'm reactionary.
2: I don't <laughs> care. I want. I live game to game. Everybody that's like, I'm calm about sports. It's fucking boring. Like sports is fun. Get mad at it. I have like I have enough like real shit in my life that like I can't do anything about. It. So I can at least you know get angry at stupid things like basketball.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you know, you're not so stubborn about it. Like you'll, if you're wrong about a reaction, I feel like you'll correct yourself, but. I think sometimes taking it a little bit slow, like understanding that things will turn. Because like Reggie was a veteran at this point. Like I don't think Reggie was gonna go the whole season and be complete, or like the Maxi thing where Maxi was actually abysmal at the end of the season. Like he was shooting what like eighteen percent from three, and then we hit the playoffs and he just was on like actually on fire. I swear. Like I don't know what happened, but actually on fire. That I think sometimes you have a more patient approach. I, I think that's just all I have on Josh screen, but if I sure. want to talk about the Mavericks as a whole, obviously the survey, everyone has.
2: Yeah, we're looking forward to those results, Tim <laughs> and Cato. what are you doing? I,
3: I took it and I think my perspective on it is that, yes, I'm more negative overall, but I also have to think about what this situation is. Like if I have to describe Nico Harrison coming into the Mavericks, I would look at it as, like, that community gif where Donald Glover walks into the apartment (laughs) and it's on fire and there's balloons flying. And unlike Donald Glover, he can't really walk out with the pizza and go eat the pizza. He has to come in. And I think you were talking with Cato, like, a few sessions ago. And Cato mentioned, like, Nico Harrison's role was never going to be basketball operations coming in. It was purely professionalism, yeah. And I don't think he's fixed that. Like, you're not going to fix that in one off season or no. One season.
2: That's like an but, institutional shift.
3: Yeah, but I think a good example is I don't really expect Nico or Harrison or anyone else in a draft room to just walk out when your pick is about to be made. <laughs> right. Like, if that happens, I will eat crow. Like, I swear on yeah. like no, we're, we're never going to have a dysfunctional
2: off. Like, like the the the, the like, dysfunction
3: that existed will not happen again that like that's a different level right like i think it's a different thing making trades that are bad is different from doing that like that is a level of dysfunction that's just not acceptable on any level and i I don't think that's going to happen but i do think like you look at the situation the mavericks have inherited they kind of inherited a really bad baking mistake like they have this really good batter which is like luca but everything else is not that great. Like they don't have a really good icing. There's still a mess in the kitchen. and, and it's kind of like I, I didn't I think we were all excited for this off season. I think mostly because of one. I, I won't mention their name because I know some people will get mad or whatever. but I'll say, who cares? JB, right? Like I think we were all excited like oh, JB comes back. approved. We'll sure. And I think it's interesting because I do think yeah, if JB signs, I do think everyone's perspective is different but I also kind of put everything in perspective in terms of the JaVale McGee signing. Cause I was, so, JaVale
2: McGee signing might be the worst
3: signing of the off season. Really? I, oh, yeah. I look at it like this. Cause who else would the Mavericks? like, do you know specifically what other players signed for that kind of money? I
2: mean, yes, and he is the worst one by far. He was getting like I want to know who he was like. The Bucks were who the Mavericks were competing with. He's JaVale's gonna be my age when this contract was over. Like I don't have a problem with JaVale in a in a like vacuum, but he like he he might be the worst signing of the offseason. I I, like I, I just I can't shake this. Like he's not going to play in the playoffs. Like zero. He does nothing for them in the playoffs. Like, I I can't emphasize that enough. Go look at his playoff uh, basketball record. He started for the Lakers the whole playoff. No, that, like, Ruben, no, he didn't. Like, don't look at the the run. He played less than eight minutes, like, eight to 11 minutes a game. Like, that's what you're getting. We got that from Dwight Powell. I don't need that anymore. He's an empty, like, he's like Dwight Powell, only he gives you empty stats. (laughs) <laughs> like the Lakers would get in the holes and then they'd get out of it because he never played. They'd go to their like monster death lineup and started killing people. Like it, it's, I don't. He's gonna be fine for regular season stuff because he is a big body. But I, I, I don't. The the McGee signing, like I, I've settled on the fact that it was terrible. Like it was a terrible signing.
3: because <laughs> so. to me, from my perspective, the two players I would rather have had, but I kind of understand why the Mavericks couldn't get were. One was Otto Porter Jr., right. who signed for the full tax MLE, mm-hmm. but like the which story we is have. that right. which we don't have, and also his his wife really wanted to go to Toronto. So like, what are you gonna do? I, I think yeah. like what are you gonna do? And the other one was like Bruce Brown, who also signed for the full tax MLE. Who I would have preferred. I think he's a really solid player and kind of fits with like sure what the Mavs do, like play small ball five. But I think. If I think about why you, you get JaVale and then you do like, you give him less money is you would rather have Jaden Hardy on the three years. Sure. With the restricted free agency at the end. It, it doesn't mean to say that I think JaVale's a great signing. That's not what I'm saying at all. Sure. But I also think it does then give you the chance to say, okay, if Dwight is not going to come on some much smaller deal next season, then you let him go for 11 million or you, right. you have the freedom to trade Dwight on 11 on expiring for something. I think it gives you that room to do it. And I agree. I do. I don't think he's like a perfect signing or like they hit it out of the park. I don't think it's that, but I don't think it's the masterclass, like disaster signing. Like, I think he's going to be
2: like, he's going to soak up big man minutes, but I also think that he won't play when it matters. And that's where that, that element of Tim's of, of Tim, like which guys do you think, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring some other people up, Krishna. I hope you don't mind. Um, No problem. It's, it, it it's, it's just like you go through that list and you're like, okay, we're actually down a guy. And, and I'm, I've sort of settled on the fact that like, and I got a uh, guy Jamal who DMs me a lot. Like one of the things he, he yells at me about, he's like, you got to remember like Luka Doncic is really, really good. I'm like, of course I like agree. Luka's really, really good. It's just, it, so if you tell me we're getting 75 games from Luka, then I'm going to bank us in for 50 wins, like period. Sure. 50 wins. The problem is, is that Luca has kind of a split track record because of how he plays basketball. When he gets injured, he is injured. Like, like his ankles, like, you know, you run in the lane all the time, you step on people's feet, like you can't really avoid it when you're 240 pounds, whatnot. Things are going to happen. So it's like, you know, if we get 75, you know, if we get 70, 75 games out of Luca, Luke's going to be an MVP candidate, top three in the league, and the Mavericks are going to be a top five seed. And I'm going to be like, this is great yada yada if we don't get that everything else is kind of downhill that's that's it's really that simple for me
3: yeah i i agree because on that on that question i was kind of like i was really bullish because really the two players i was the most confident in and i put down were dfs and reggie because arguably they played 40 plus minutes a game and even when reggie had his horrific shooting game he still plays really good defense and, you know, you could arguably yeah. really put Maxi, but I don't want Maxi playing 30 minutes a game. He's just no, not. No, so
2: like, Maxi, Maxie is, he's a grinder. He plays hard, but he is also just a guy who, with how he plays and his stuff, he's, I don't want to say he's undersized, but he gets banged up over the course yeah. of years. So it's like you need, like, a, somebody else.
3: Yeah, you preserve him in the regular season. You play him 16 games in yeah. you play 16 games, but you play him as, like, a bench guy, right? You play yeah. him almost like how Grant Williams played for the Celtics is kind of what you want Maxie to do. Sure. And then the other guys were like Spencer, but Spencer was really inconsistent in the playoffs, which is why I Spencer's wasn't...
2: Spencer's really inconsistent, period. Like, people yeah. are going to have a hard time with that this year. Which, which I've he, accepted.
3: I don't yeah. think not okay. a bad yeah. player. I think it just makes no. him inconsistent. Like, I think th- there's, a, there's a clear distinction there. We're going to have then,
2: stretches like he had against Phoenix and against Utah sure. where he was, like, not unplayable, but where it's just things weren't working. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where having, you know, that's where not having another ball handler is going to be painful.
3: I agree. So. And then the two others was like, Tim, we just haven't seen this year, but when sure. he was really good against the Clippers, he was really good. And he no, was he's hitting shots
2: or he's not hitting shots. That's all yeah. it is. And
3: he was bad mostly because, you know, Kawhi Leonard is guarding you and two <laughs> players can play good against Kawhi.
2: Like, right.
3: Like that's, that's hard to do. And then Christian Wood is just, we haven't seen him first of all, not only in the playoffs, we just haven't seen him on this team. Sure. So I'm I'm not ready to write any of those four guys off.
2: I I, I want I, to be pleasantly surprised by Christian Wood. I want to have like I want to have no expectations from Christian Wood. That's yeah. my hope.
3: My okay, thing but, on Christian Wood is you got rid of four guys who would you'd be paying the same amount of money, sure. and you're getting someone who could potentially contribute. And I get all the bench stuff, but for me the bench thing is like this. I don't think it's the team writing him off like he's gonna never start. I think it's more like hey, we want you to be on the bench right now. We'll probably close games out with you. But Mm -hmm. if you prove to us on defense that you can be a contributor, you don't have to be a showstopper, but a contributor, then we can put you on the starting lineup. Because I don't think it makes sense to go back to a too-big lineup. No, it doesn't. Other than the Minnesota Timberwolves, I can't think of a team that plays too big. They want a
2: big – well, you're going to see more of it, but it's like the bigs are super talented. (laughs) <laughs> which like, yeah. JaVale and Christian Wood are like, not skilled bigs right
3: and I just don't think it's ever going to make sense for Christian Wood and JaVale to play so I think probably what you could, you could like 10 15 games and then like the 16th game it's like oh Christian Wood is starting and is on yeah. the bench. Yeah. No, yeah.
4: well
2: and, I mean and, I think well but you want to have depth like sometimes for, I think talking about starting lineups and again I, I'm sorry I'm gonna let you go soon like I want to have like, I want to have like eight playable starters. Like I'd be lovely to me for a kid to be able to mix and match and try different
3: shit. I a hundred percent agree. I just think right now the situation, the Mavericks are in, it's just going to be for difficult. Sure. I think, I think literally next year when contracts are winding down and they become even more tradable because salary cap will increase contracts will wind down terms will be more favorable. I think that's when you'll start seeing more, but like you say it's hard because it's a ticking clock like it's a t- ticking time bomb and it's like the highest pressure pressure situation you can be in you have a really hot, good superstar and you have a team that's not really great and yeah. you're trying to make these moves and it's i think right now what you're seeing is the the front office just trying to not make the wrong like trying to make a mistake like they're just not totally. trying to make mistakes and i think that might be frustrating and it is frustrating but Sometimes you need to be a little defensive when you're in a yeah, situation. I mean,
2: there's not, there wasn't much for them to do. Like, like yeah. it's, it's, I'm, they were sort of boxed in. They, you know, they're paying for past, past mistakes, and then apparently the mistake of not offering Jalen Brunson a contract. But I'm kind of done talking about that. But yes. Thank you so much for hanging out tonight, man.
3: Yeah, no problem. Also, NAS fans, it's okay to be mad. I'm not saying this. Oh I'm yeah. Not, well, I mean, I still think, like, anything.
2: like Skin Wade said on, um, yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah.
3: Yeah. like it's, it's okay.
2: Podcast. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Was, oh was I don't Isaac know Isaac and Nick. What's right? Locked on maps. Yeah, locked like, on I know maps. the host. Why can't I think of the name? He said <laughs> on that he just doesn't think they're done, and I just I, tend, I I cannot believe they are done. So it's like I'm trying to hedge where I'm like not being a super asshole like I usually would be because See, I, just, I think something else I, happens.
3: I think it could be trade deadline, but I'm yeah. I completely understand where the vitriol and like the anger is coming from, and I don't think. Well, it's
2: we're also just in like the mincemeat of like. Like it was like the most
3: boring time.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like
3: the biggest news is that Jalen Brown was offered two weeks ago. Great, for sure. Great news.
2: Sure. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks, Kirk. Doo-doo-doo. Harold, what's up, my guy? You've been waiting. What's up?
5: Hey, how you doing, Kirk? I'm all
2: right. Good looking dog you got in the avatar.
5: Thank you, I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, I think I mentioned you before. This is actually that guy Jamal that you, uh, <laughs> but uh, um. I I didn't want to. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to talk about tonight because, I mean, you know, things have been pretty dead lately. Um, But I know I've been promising I was going to call in at some point. Sure. Um, Yeah. What was mentioned just now, I guess, about uh, Christian Wood, that's something that I think I want to talk about because, you know, a lot of people are talking that he is, he's a big, he's a big, he's a big. And, and I I really think we got to, we got to just get that out of our heads because he's he, as, as we know he's really not a good defensive big um, but but the man uh i had heard this somewhere before I, I don't know exactly where maybe you've heard the same thing that when he was with detroit and sean sweeney was his uh defensive coach that their defense was average when he was when he played at the five but when he played mm-hmm. at the four it was apparently a very good defense it was described that way at least so um, it sounds like he can he can play the 4 um, and, and we have to not we got to get it out of our heads that he's just he's
2: like he's a 6 foot 11 skilled basketball player like i don't really know what sort of like box you would put him in because mm-hmm. he is pretty good at most Like, I don't know, somebody described him as, like, a 6'11 wing, which feels a little bit hyperbolic, but he's more wing than he is big.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, and I hate to to bring this person's name up because he's one of the greatest players of all time, but obviously nobody's going to call Kevin Durant a wing, I mean, a a big, right? Right. And Christian Wood, as we know, he does shoot the three very well, and and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I think he'd probably be like our best 3-point shooter yes. um on the team right now. So if if he's willing to accept the role of you know shooting the three, he's playing with Luka Doncic and uh if he can play the 4 and I I think personally that they didn't want him to start. People have been saying because oh, we don't want to mess up the dynamic between Reggie Bullock and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and and I'm sure there's some truth to that, but I think it's it's just that it makes the most sense. To start the season off with what we were doing very well last year, sure. That get off to a good start type thing, yeah. Absolutely, and then to slowly integrate Christian Wood to 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 start. I do believe he'll start. And if you recall last year, Reggie Bullock, he didn't start the season from the beginning of the year, and a lot of people were calling, you know, saying we're pissed at that. Bullock starting, yeah.
2: Exactly. Well, I mean, the, the, the lineup optionality right now, even if I'm not super thrilled about the depth, it's a lot of, like, big dudes. And yeah. that, I think, is one element that kid has wanted a whole, the whole time. Like, Dwight Powell is interesting because he's, like, 6'11 with a 6'11 wingspan. Like, not a super plus athlete. But, you know, you get the option to have, like, Dorian, uh, Christian Wood, Javel McGee for spot minutes um Reggie Bullock who's Reggie Bullock be like the shortest guy in Luka Doncic and see what you could do you know being big is a defensive skill like it's just like taking up space on the floor um I don't know I I hope they try out some things I I just like I'm very much kind of hooked at the moment on the idea of them like jumping out to like a 10 and 5 start type thing and playing from the front a little bit like they did in 2019 2020
5: yeah yeah, I, I agree. I I think that Jason Kidd is a type of coach who he likes to go with with what he knows with his guys. So obviously JaVale McGee with, with the Lakers. And yeah. last year Bullock came in. He didn't know Bullock. So he, he let he wanted to slowly integrate him. And then eventually he was starting. And then um uh, Chris now he knows Bullock, so Bullock's gonna continue to start. Christian Wood's gonna be slowly integrated, but there's no way. I can tell you there's no way that Christian Wood won't be in the starting lineup in February. Just
2: See, the, the one that's interesting to me is Tim Hardaway. And there's like proxy wars in the internet right now about Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway can't play de- – well, Tim Hardaway hasn't played defense despite being like a supreme athlete and doesn't seem to have the best defensive instincts. I sort of think Tim's like – like I wonder if they try to do with Tim what they did with Kate. Kate KP, which is like really get him going and try to move him because it's just he does you know he's a, obviously is like a skilled talented player but he just doesn't seem to fit like the the bullock thing is is like bullock's rise coincided with him going down like there's really no other way to do because like bullock needs like six to eight threes a game to be super effective he can't be taking like three threes like he was for elements of you know um kind of december and november and stuff like that i don't know i'm sort of thinking out loud right now
5: yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't I don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. is ever going to have the the huge role that he did before. Obviously, right. because you know um, Jason Kidd values defense, and we have Reggie Bullock kind of serving the same role, but with defense. So, but I mean, I'm I'm definitely I'm super glad he's back because he's going to be a, a valuable bench player, and you know he's way better than uh, we had before with people afraid to shoot. So, yeah. Uh, That'll be good coming off the bench for sure.
2: Oh, well, thanks for hanging out and waiting so
5: long to talk. No problem. Thank you, Kurt. You All take right. Care. Talk
2: soon. Da, da, da. Grayson, what's happening tonight, my guy. You there? Can you hear me? I don't know. There it's, we go.
6: What's up? There we go. Hey, sorry. I was being weird for a sec. So, you know, I've, I've been coming on a lot talking about Jalen Brunson. It does suck. Uh, no way around it. But there are a couple of things that uh, have already been said tonight and things that I've been thinking about. Um, mostly just the fact that, with, especially in the playoffs, but more in general, in the last five minutes, it's just Luka ball. Like, Luca's just going to be running glorified isos. And uh, I just don't think that, like – I just don't think that Jalen's skill set is, like, really perfect with Luka. Now, that being said, you know, there are another whole – you know, four quarters and a half or whatever, three and a half quarters that you have to worry about. Um, I also want to say that, like, I kind of disagree with the assessment that we don't, that we know that Christian Wood can't play defense. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that he can. I'm just saying I see Wood as like a total wild card. I think sure. if you, if you say that you know what Christian Wood is going to be going into this season, you are completely lying
2: to you. I love there. There are Christian Wood super fans is a thing, you know, but I found out, a bunch of Christian Wood fan uh, fan accounts started following me. Um, that's a thing. Didn't know that was a thing. It's an interesting, mm-hmm. uh, interesting internet avatar to be like, I'm going to stand for Christian Wood. But I I just sort of place him in in the bucket of of a wildcard. I think is smart because if you don't have any expectations for him, like it was a good trade with if if. It was a good trade period, but if you don't have a lot of expectations for it, then I think it makes it even better because like there are folks out there early on where it's like, I could see him doing X, Y, Z stat line and sure. But there's, to me, there's a big difference in how you're approaching watching a guy like this. And if you could see it versus you expect it and You know, I put my my stupid pen tweet right now is expectations are the thief of joy. And I I, want to be pleasantly surprised by Christian Wood. That would be that. That's my kind of hope.
6: I just hope that he continues shooting from the three like he's been doing because the floor spacing that that's going to provide Luca, it's going to be. I'm hoping it's going to be what we thought Porzingis was going to be.
2: He's that's got a pretty think. shot, man. I like watching. I like watching his offensive game. He does. Yeah, some, I'll tell you, his highlights are something else. They're fun, man. Like that's like I get the hype. Like that that part, I will say it's just you know like the, it's it's really something. He's he's a he's an interesting athlete. Yeah, and I'm not like the first person to say this, and
6: I definitely won't be the last person to say this, but the dude's never been in a winning environment, and we have yet to determine if that's because he's not a winning player or if that's just bad luck. Like, you know, if I played for the Houston Rockets uh, and we were, you know, winning and we had won 12 games through three months of the season, I probably wouldn't be giving as much effort as I would if I was playing for, you know, the Bats competing for a playoff spot. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm not an NBA player. I don't get paid millions of dollars, but like, and so I can't put myself myself in that headspace. Um, but, like, I'm not willing to say yet that he's definitely not going to be able to play defense because uh, I watched this team go from, what was it, like 25th, 20th in defense to, like, 8th or ninth in defense in one year yep. with, like, all the same players pretty much, just adding, like, Reggie Bullock. Uh, I really... My, much to my surprise, if you if you had told me this a year ago, I think I would have called you crazy. But I have a lot of faith in Jason Kidd as a coach, uh, at least on the defensive end, and the staff that he's put together.
2: Um, That's why the so personnel we'll matters a lot. Like the bigness of the guys we're talking about, I think matters because they play a pretty. It's not like what like his first year with the Bucks was. It was like an incredibly aggressive defensive scheme. What the Mavericks did last year was a lot of like help and recover, help and recover, really, really bent on effort. And I think if, you know, it's like where the McGee thing, I find it so interesting. is just, I mean, he hasn't played over 20 minutes a game in, in four years. So it's like, what sort of effort are they, like what is the role that they're envisioning for him? Because everyone else, I think, you know, we've seen them fit. So it's like, what is like, so if your hopes for McGee are certain things defensively, I'm, I am going to be curious about it. I, I will say the McGee I've watched, and I've watched McGee at three like he's played a lot of different teams. like when that dude loses interest, he loses interest. like woo brother, like what bullets or Washington Wizards, uh, Javel McGee? Woo not not a fun player. Denver Nuggets, JaVel McGee, not really a fun player. Um, Golden State Warriors, JaVel McGee. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. interesting. <laughs> Lakers JaVale McGee up and down Lakers I'll tell you this much Lakers fans wanted to send him to the moon um they did not care for him but you know it's it's all these different options I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what they're able to try because it's just like I love how hard Dwight Powell plays but it's just he he he's not it so it's at least this is something different as much as I don't really care for McGee. Yeah, I mean, the bar is incredibly low, but I
6: think he's got to be better than Dwight Powell, at least, like, rebounding-wise. He may not yeah. have, like, the jumps that Powell has, but I think he's got two or three inches on him. And yeah, he's a huge, Jabail, he is a huge
3: guy. He's huge. He's huge. Yeah. He's so big. He's, like, he's, he's a legit
2: seven-foot with big yeah. old arms. Yeah. Like, that dude can grab boards if he's trying
6: to. Sure. Um And I, I'll also say, like, I am so – and I know we're gonna keep doing it, and that's fine. But I'm so exhausted by the who's gonna start game because it doesn't matter. Dwight Powell started every playoff game we played this season, and probably played what like 16 minutes a game, if that. I think it's just like an ego thing for a lot of these guys that, to say that they're a starter on a playoff team. But uh, and I'm, again, I'm not the first person to say this. But what matters is who closes. Sure. And right now, if I'm looking at it, again, McGee or not. Uh, Christian Wood is a total wild card, but I don't think that a closing lineup of Luca, Reggie, uh, Dorian, Maxie, and Wood is significantly or at maybe at all worse than a closing lineup of Luca Brunson, Reggie, Dorian, and Maxie. So, you know, we'll see. I think the the, the floor spacing for that closing lineup would be absolutely insane. I would love to see it. Love to see what Luca can do uh, with all that space, but you know, we'll see. We're we're in just this miserable part of the off season, and I'm yeah, it's like terrible. That's why, like, I I've
2: yet. been reluctant to pod because I don't like what I did earlier. was just where I said I think McGee's one of the worst signings of the off season. Like, I I don't want to do that like weekly. I don't want to shoot my mouth off too much. Like, I, it's just <laughs> I can't help myself. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't even disagree, but I'll also
6: say like. I don't know how much they're paying him. It's between five and seven million. I've seen so many conflicting reports on it, but either way, like that's that's not that much money. Like they're paying Dwight Powell eleven million dollars, and that dude sucks. So Hmm. like that's a very movable contract. Um, and I just like even if he's just god awful, like. I mean, I don't think they're going to make a move this offseason. I think they'll wait till the trade deadline. If he's got awful, they just keep Powell around. You know, ah, I
2: mean, like, it's, it's like you're getting 15 minutes. Can you get 15 functional minutes from him? That's, that's the question. Some nights probably. Maybe yeah. <laughs> not
6: every night. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he might be a matchup play too. Um,
2: so I, I, yeah. So, you say, know, 65, 65 games, 15 minutes a game. Gives you some decent starts for Luke on offense and – Maybe it doesn't get us in a hole um, on defense. So, Well, thank you for uh, hanging out, Grayson. Yeah, I appreciate it, Kurt. All right, we'll talk soon. Um, coming up next. What's up, Jose? Jose, did you fall asleep? Just teasing you, man. Hit that unmute oh, button. Oh, uh, no.
1: No, I'm, I'm uh, up. I was just in, in the car. Uh, what's up, Kirk? How are you uh, going?
2: I am laying on the ground, probably going to need to be in traction soon. Uh, played basketball tonight and just trying not to seize up.
1: <laughs> oh man, I feel that I'm pretty sore from my leg day today at the gym. But, uh, so about these Dallas Mavericks, uh, I tried not to talk too much about the all season because I mean, we – it's all hypotheticals. We're not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it's it's all hypotheticals, and then it's all about, you know, what if this person does X, Y, and Z? And, you know, I I feel like with Tim Hardaway Jr., where I'm coming from, is like you've seen what he was able to do in three games and the last playoff series against the Clippers – but you were also able to see what he was able to do in Jason Kidd's system. And from what I had seen, I I really didn't feel like Tim Hardaway Jr. is a fit with this current Dallas Mavericks team. And, you know, uh, this could change, but honestly, like my stock on Tim Hardaway Jr. is uh, uh, quite low. Uh, He was bad last year
2: before he got hurt. Like One game with Memphis where he basically put his head down and got like 13 free throws. But I was like going through his game log. It was bad. He had the second game of the year. He was like outstanding. And then everything else between then and when he got hurt
1: was really, really rough. Like the breakout game for Tim never came. And. And then another thing is just like it's not so much his offensive game because we all know Tim Hardaway could put up points is it's what he could do defensively and and can he rotate to his man can oh he God. stop <laughs> can, can he stop the the guy who is ball handling in front of him and you know those are the things that I'm just like low on Tim Hardaway Jr. Now, I've seen Spencer be able to play uh, defense. Now, I'm not going to say he's, like, this world beater on defense. Spencer's got but, Inspector Gadget arms.
2: Like, that helps right. him. Like, that's a defensive trait. He,
1: right. And and he knows how to break on the ball, break on an angle, and get a steal. And, you know, just be able to at least somewhat contain the, the person in front of him. And, you know, I'm a little bit uh, okay with that. But you know this is where Josh Green's development comes into play because Josh Green is this uh, defensive small forward who is supposed uh, he, to be—he
2: is to... not good at defense. I don't know why people keep saying it. he like he—he's he, not good at offense, so we assign him as good at defense. Like, I... <laughs> well, he has the frame, he, clearly... he has the build, and the the like the athletic attributes to where given enough time, he should be good at defense. I know what you're
1: saying. Right. But, you know, he also has a on defense, suit to, uh, Yeah, so, you know, I'm a little bit higher on Josh Green, maybe stepping in and taking some, some minutes. Uh, I, I really had to just, you know, wait and see with Tim Hardaway Jr. But also it, – it, it's just like, uh, the question about Jaden Hardy. How, how much time is he really going to play with this team? Because you have him for three years. Uh, you do have the option on the fourth year, if I'm not mistaken, or third year, but it's still like, okay, you have these young guys, but you got to get them in because, uh, you know, Dorian, boy. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to kill them again. <laughs> <laughs> right uh th- those guys aren't young guys so you really have to put in stock into your young you know quote-unquote core so you know this th- that's something that i'm gonna be interested to see but otherwise you know right now uh a lot of people are saying incomplete on the off season because people are expecting another move right right now i mean I haven't heard anything from Mark Stein, uh, Jake Fisher. bunch of quiet. dark. Exactly. So uh, I don't see why some people are saying, oh, well, maybe they're preparing for another move. I mean uh, – well,
2: I, I think it's like fallout from any of the bigger moves. I mean, we, we all listen to the same national podcast. It seems like the, the the Nets at this point are willing to let all this crap drag into into training camp. And maybe even into the season, and if the Mavericks were hoping to be sort of scavengers, you know, you you think about that, and then you think about the truly abhorrently, terrifyingly bad trade for Rudy Gobert. Um, you know, 17 picks, a couple of you know infants, like just all sorts of crazy shit involved in that trade. Like the Mavericks can't do anything. Like, you know, uh, there was one. There's this one. I, I somebody first of all, YouTube is a cesspool. Uh, and and somebody sent me a YouTube channel today where it's like, oh, we should offer like two first round picks for Colin Sexton. I'm like, get out, get out of my house. <laughs> I think I sent it to you, Jose, because it was just so, it was so crazy. <laughs> and it's just like, this is what happens though in off seasons. And you know, we we experienced a really high high, and then everything since has been not. It just hasn't been very fun. Like we had a great time at the Christian Wood trade. And it's been kind of downhill since, and, and you know it's just everybody's a little pissy.
1: No, I, I definitely feel that because uh, we were doing 77 spaces when Christian Wood got traded to Dallas, what? and we had we had over like maybe 300 people join into the space and trying to get up and talk about the trade. And then, you know, we got Jaden Hardy. And then, like you said, everything has been downhill since. But, you know, um, I'm interested to see who they're going to be picking up for, like, their 20-man roster going into training camp. And then we'll probably uh, assess from there. But right now it's just like, uh, I don't know about this team. I-, I could still see them winning 52 games. But, you know, it's a guess. But uh, that that's all I have for you, Kirk. I appreciate you for bringing me up. Sure
2: thing, dude. Yeah, you got I tried to join the space earlier today, but like, I was my wife went to pick up my son, and then I heard the garage door open, and then from the garage I hear like a blood curdling scream, and I was like, well, I probably shouldn't be on. Uh, I shouldn't be listening to anything right now. I'm gonna have to go parent. Um, yep. Yeah, but uh, guys, follow Jose on Twitter. Um, him and Rolo and Jazz do a uh, space every, I don't know, probably every week. And then during the season, they are doing a lot of pregame shows. So it was fun. Um, thanks for hanging out. I was able to talk soon. Let's see. All
1: right.
2: Who else we got? We has got my guy, Simon. What's up, Simon? How you doing? Give Simon a second to unmute. See if he's still there. There's 1110. Uh, all right, Simon, if you're able to come back up. Otherwise, go. We're gonna bring up my guy Ruben, who probably wants to tell me to lighten the fuck up.
4: Ruben, what's that? Lighten the fuck up, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, <my God. laughs>
2: I, I'm, no. I'm literally laying on my floor, like like an old man. I, I hope my voice doesn't sound terrible because it's like I was sitting in my office chair and I felt my back start to seize up. Like, well, this was a no. poor choice to play basketball tonight. <laughs> what's going on? What are you thinking? Come
4: on. Man, um, just, you know, thinking just, you know, it is a dead time. Um, I'm hoping football season can get back sooner than later or Madden can come out so we can have did, something did to talk see, about. But.
2: Did you see there's an NFL reporter, her name's Jane. I can't remember her last name. She, she tweeted something out that the Dallas Cowboys. Jane Slater? Yes, she tweeted something out yep. yesterday that the Dallas Cowboys are hoping – to hoard their uh, cap space and are, quote, keeping their powder dry, and <laughs> I almost died. I'm just li- like, did, uh, did Mark Cuban and Jerry Jones share a group chat? Like, what is happening? Like, Like, we can't... I'm not even a Cowboys fan. And I was upset.
4: <laughs> well, thank God I'm not a Cowboys fan. So I'm there with you. So, uh, I mean, the way, the way the Mavs sound, I can't take Cowboy news and bad math news at the same time. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But I don't know, man, just, I don't even know where I should start, but I, I guess I'll just start here. Like literally, I don't know. I Just let's all ask ourselves. We like, Let's get it understood. JB was not gonna resign. Let's get that out of our head like ever. Like he it was too many dominoes against us, cars against us, however you want to say it, like he was not gonna resign. Um let's let's all remember that. But what move that what what move could the Mavs have done to make us or Mavs Twitter happy? What what exact move? Cause any move, I mean, Kirk, I heard you earlier uh just, you know, being mad about the depth. What move did you want them to make? You certainly weren't gonna have depth. Let's say we went out and tried to get Miles Turner. We we got remember we got Christian Wood for four nine players, basically. We we that they were not gonna accept that offer for Miles Turner. Um uh, we sure. would have had to give up some nice pieces, maybe Maxie, maybe THJ. Something else to get Miles Turner to even make the money work and to re-sign them because you're not signing Miles Turner without giving him a fat deal. So I'm I'm sitting back just listening to everybody like oh well that did- so
2: so here, here's where here's where the matters got in trouble. When it comes to Brunson, they 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 shit the bed. I I I they had a walk-away price that was twenty-three million dollars or more. I, I will I am, and you know what, if, if you didn't want to, like, it's not our money, whatever, but the Mavericks, when they say they didn't get a chance to offer, that's just, that's PR. They didn't want to offer past a certain dollar amount. That's right. Sad. So, right. so that part of it, when, when you mess up or that move, and then when we go further back and we say, okay, well, if they knew that he probably wasn't going to, it really depends when they knew he wasn't going to resign. And Skin said something on the Locked On podcast that it kind of became clear Later part of the season, maybe even before – like, before Utah, for sure. But it became clear pretty early. Like, But if they knew before the trade deadline, then they screwed up royally not moving him for anything. If they didn't know then, it is what it is. And you just kind of got to be understanding of the fact that they made a series of mistakes going back to letting his – like, letting his fourth year be – like, where they they didn't have – what was it? Like, it – yeah. Not, yeah, like they messed and, up the initial rookie contract. And yeah,
4: yeah, and so people
2: like, forget yeah. that. It's just like it's years of mistakes coming. Yeah, back. So yeah. Nobody really that no. There, there's not really a move that would have made anybody particularly happy. Per, and, and then on top of the fact when you see like what's happened with I said a second ago with like the Timberwolves trade, the Mavericks just don't have the assets. Like I see our guy Xavier Santos. Santos he gets mad at me when I say I, you know I. I, I I'm just going to start calling him Xavier Santos just, just to make him mad at me. Um, he wrote a piece that he then told me to throw away, but it was talking about how like the matches don't have a lot of optionality and he and he's right. And this year is going to be a year where I think that we are super Luca reliant and that's okay. It, I don't love it, but it's because they had found, you know, a three headed beast with Luca, Spencer, Jalen, and when that goes away, when Jalen walks away, we're now kind of looking at a lot of Spencer, a lot of Luca. And that's not, it's just, it's not going to be as fun. Like there's no other way to say it. No to say it. What? That's okay. What? Like, I still think they can win a lot of games.
4: Uh, me too. Me too. And I, and I try to rem- remind everybody that, you know, every single day, but even if you did say hypothetically, we did have the assets to make that go bear trade. I guarantee I could see the title on my ass money ball right now, uh, uh, <laughs> KP Part 2. We literally finance the future on a big that we know is not going to work. Yes, he defensive guy, but we know we can't put shit around them after we make that trade. So that's another thing that we were not going to be happy with. So uh, that's one off the list. We basically did what we could do to to pretty much those last three games. We need that last game to beat the Golden State Warriors. What were we all saying? all Every time we lost in the playoffs this year, we need a center. Power is not giving us nothing. Over and over again. We basically did that. And, again, I I heard earlier, you know, let's not look at Christian Wood as a big. Let's not. That's fine. But he is a big body that can actually move with the ball. Gobert can't do that. Miles Turner can't do that. And I guarantee you, if I really wanted to dig on Twitter, we were crying for Christian Wood before he went to Houston. We wish we had Christian Wood.
2: His deal was so good his deal exactly. was so good going to Houston I, I remember people being like what the hell how are we yes that? Yeah, that was, I was I, that I was like up.
4: what the I was like so sad and when we finally get him we just throw dirt on the guy like we didn't just tweet like two years ago we wish we had him and that's perfectly fine but it's uh, it's, uh, it's just I guess the Mavs fandom I guess we're just caught in the moment, and maybe because we're not watching the Mavs play, we have nothing else to, you know, put our minds on. But I guarantee you, as soon as Christian Wood has the ball in his hands, they're doubling Luca. Literally, you know, Spencer has a guy on him. He can take the. He can. He can shake guys smaller than him. Like sure. literally, if you watch it, he can take no, he's, people he's a off the dribble. He's a he's one like we're forgetting man how good this guy is because we've been you know we're kind of like focusing on just trying to pull holes. In, and that's t- that's totally fine. Well, it's a ball. But it's I, just so
2: ball handling dependent. Like like a lot of you know it, this is just really off the rails, but I'm gonna do this. And another group chat I was in, okay. like there is people are already looking ahead to the next year's draft and. Victor Wimignana is seven foot three and is just a terror. Like he looks like a, a deep fake of a basketball player. He's so terrifying. Well, in the, in and, and it's one of these things where in some, you already see it. People are like, well, should he go? Number one, scoot Henderson is a, is, is kind of the, the projected number two pick. He's a point guard. He's going to be on. I want to say he's on ignite G league ignite team. He's unbelievable. And in the NBA today on offense, like, Guards are the thing that it's right. that's where it's like, like where if wood can handle but guards this, with at
4: least a little bit of good height.
2: Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So it's like wings, guards, bigs is, is kind of the, the player hierarchy at the moment. And you know, if Wood gives like, I suppose where I keep settling on wood is I wanted woods addition to be a bonus. And I really feel like right now for the Mavericks to win a game, like they're gonna need Wood to be steady, and I hate that kind of pressure for a guy who's never really been in a winning situation. Right. Like that, it's less that I don't think he can do it, and more that I just hate the the fact that he has to matter so much.
4: Would, would you Would you consider him a bonus if we still had JB? You're just pretty much oh, adding yes, on. Because, okay, like, so so that's where I think that's where a lot of people are at. If we still had JB, we would look at Christian Wood as a bonus, Les. Like another piece or the icing on top, pretty much. But we we don't have JB, and again, it's this. It it was just a whole bunch of compounding things that the past regime did in that yes. bad contract. And 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 I, I, I can see the the headline now. Say we did give him a contract before the season even started. What would we have been saying? He wasn't even. He's one of the reasons we lost last year because he couldn't play. Like yeah. we didn't like we it's it's like a you know cash 22 you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't for sure but yeah at the same time we got we definitely have to get past that it's like literally a past regime mistake yeah and hey There's, hats there, there off there to, to, to jb for proving us wrong where, and, where a lot of us get triggered though ruben
2: is like people are like, oh we're gonna have cap space in 2024 fuck if we have ever used cap space <laughs> It's like I just want like like can we get lots of good players and win basketball games? Maybe, right. I, I, and you know what they they just they made the Western <laughs> finals so it's like it's it's being greedy to an extent but like Luka is the past good. regime
4: mistakes Kirk and you know this know. past regime course, yep. who gave who gave those bad contracts out the 2019
2: the 2019 offseason was catastrophic for the Dallas <laughs> Mavericks they offered, they had bird rights to a bunch of guys and they had the ability to sign people into artificial cap space, then go over the cap and keep their guys like Maxi and Cape, Kate, uh, Chris Taps right. And instead they didn't really do anything. They gave KD a five-year fully guaranteed contract, which we're still paying for. And it's just, it's, it's very difficult. Like they're going to, you know, everything that I feel like to an extent that, that the front office does is kind of like pulling a variation of a rabbit out of a hat. Like I, I, I really have. You call
4: it, you, 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 I I think you do call it swallowing the pill. In this offseason, we're swallowing that pill and it's just, hey, I'd rather swallow the pill and then get Christian Wood. For sure. I know you're shitting on Javel McGee, but I say he's a a lot better than Powell and we don't have to see Powell give all his energy just running up the court
2: that that's what it is it's swallowing the pill and still probably winning 45 to 50 games like they won 52 right. last year and so it's like i i kind of have a five game variance just because it's like you know if spencer Dinwiddie doesn't hit, hit two game winners in a row you win 50 games like that's where my head is right now it's like i i think they're still going to be pretty pretty good and honestly this is the silliest thing for me man and and i know i think the chat may disagree with me how I want to see the schedule because how these, you know, like when we play like four teams, like the same, or I'm sorry, we play like four games of the same team in like a 30 game span. They like cluster some of these matchups where you play like the they going to do that again. Yeah. They're going to like, cause I think they love these home and home series. They love kind of the rivalries and the fact that these like teams don't really like, it's hard to beat the same team twice. So I think we're going to see a little bit of that. And like, I really am looking forward to seeing who we play because, you know, if we're able to get the Pelicans early while they're still figuring some things out and punch them in the mouth, like, you know, notch some good victories. Like I could be even higher on this team. Like schedule is a real big thing for me because I remember looking at the post all-star schedule, not post all-star, the 2022 schedule last year and being like, these guys could do some things if they can get through some rough patches. Like there was that one stretch, you know, the Boston and the the, the Nets, like the game winners. Where I remember looking at that stretch before, and we're like, man, the match could go zero and five, yeah. and, yes. th- and instead they went three and two. And it's like that's the sort of stuff where it's like they really came on it the right way. And you know, I don't know what like a reasonable clip is. I just know that if they start the year better, then I'm going to feel better about the season as a whole. Like last year's start was, ugh.
4: and and I'm glad you brought that up. That kind of brings me to my to my final my final little subject. We are. You that that stretch that you just brought up. I think it was the heat. Then Boston. I think we were going through Murderer's Row at East, and after we made that KP trade, mm-hmm. we we saw Spence. I think we even we won in Miami too. Yeah, we yeah. yeah, and we we got Spence. And I'm not sure. And I I challenge everybody to go do this. Go look at Spence's highlights, but look at Luca. Luca, I don't know what type of conversations that they have with each other, but Luca just just watching him win, uh watching Spence when uh hit those two game winners he had a lot of confidence yeah he had a lot of confidence and even even not on yeah. his game winners when Spence does something like yeah I don't know Luca just respects it when Spence is like dunking and just hitting threes and hitting you know in the post Luca is up off the bench and people are holding him back I've I've yeah. never seen Luca this whole time get that excited that's for true. a guy, one of his teammates, maybe with, you know, Dodo, whenever he hits, you know, a game winner or something like that, but not even with JB, not with that many people, but Spence wouldn't even hear that many games yeah. for him yeah. to like, I didn't think they would get that close, but he looks like that's his little brother or something or a big brother playing. He's like, yeah, like, just look at the excitement on his face. And that right there, uh, it kind of shows me that Luca has so much trust and Spence in this such little time. This man hit two game winners. Yeah. We basically went through the murderer's row of the East and came out like with a winning type record. Like we didn't yes. really lose that much no, after they, that they trade. Were,
2: they, they were 35 and 12 in the new year. Like that's for pot. They, won, they <laughs> won 75% of their games, man. They were outrageous. And
4: everybody you know, thought we were going to go on this losing streak before that trade. Cause everybody saw what sure. was coming up on the schedule. I, I, like, and, I was
2: holding one of these are 900 people in here being like, why did we <laughs> trade for this trash can? Why? I, right. why everyone was So there's like two dudes out of like 70 people who spoke. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, like <laughs> I thought they'd take a step back, but I also thought they'd still be competitive, but like they went on air right. hair. And but that's where like the schedule stuff matters to me. Because mm. you know, like you're, you remember when Boston went on like a murdering streak last year, they won like 20 They
4: didn't play anybody.
2: Era. They <laughs> didn't play anybody. They played the Pistons three times. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, of course, you're killing people. Congratulations. You play the Pistons and the Magic. Eat shit. <laughs> yeah. I anyway.
4: I, I I hate the Celtics. But but I no. Just, I, so just just me. I, my my final point. But Spence, uh, I'm telling you, when we see Spence, Luca, and uh, and Christian Wood on the court at the same time, I swear, other teams will not know what to do with themselves because you can't. You can You can't really put a small on tape. You can't. You're not putting Rondo on. Christian Wood, no, like you did KP you cannot do that and when yeah. you try to double Omar you try to double Luca and Spence is just going straight to the goal because Christian Wood has your big on him it, it's just gonna open so many doors like I know we missed the three-headed monster and are you know the three point guards but you know one of those point guards was uh, definitely a defensive liability and really if you put a big enough person, he's not getting to the goal. But with Spence, he's what, like six five, six four. Like, he's yamming on you. And don't – this is like I, – I just picture in this season, this first game with those three on the court, I guarantee you, Mass fans, you will see something different. It, we still have like a slight three-headed monster. It might not be like, you know, everybody on max contract three-headed monster, but – you will see like a beast just open up with those three players and Luca can do so many things with those two players. Just, just that can create. That's my biggest thing. All three can create. I know he's not a point guard, but Christian Wood can dribble. He can dribble like he can take people off the dribble and I think a lot of us miss that, but that's all I wanted to say. Stop the doom and gloom, everybody. We oh, will be okay. Gloom, just
2: kind of like, eh, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. It, I know. It, It's whining. It's Wait, whining. Uh, it's.
4: Oh, it's hold on, whining. Kurt. We got one more move. Everybody saying one more move. Let's keep hope. Keep one more move. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Have a good night, man. You too, man. Talk soon.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, all right, guys. I will try to do. Maybe another one of these next week. I'm just, you know, like there's plenty of stuff we could talk about, but it's like the more I talk, like the more dumb shit I say. And hey, you know, uh my, my colleague, my guy Josh is uh my my guy Josh is definitely enjoying his off season, so I don't want to bother him too much. Um thank you so much for hanging out for over an hour. Everybody be good. Um, you know, send me messages, I read, you know, I talk with everybody. I I love being a Mass fan. So Everybody uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk soon.